this Everton season preview edition of the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Welcome everybody to the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle Pontine in the northeast of England. Uh, we are here to continue our Premier League preview series, doing all 20 teams. And this evening we are going to tackle Everton. Um, joining us first of all um, from somewhere in Nottinghamshire is Mr. Barry Penaluna. Baz, how are you doing? Evening, Malcolm. Not bad, thank you. In the uh, murder mystery of where along the timeline is how bad your cold is for people to piece together when we put these out. How bad is your cold right now? I'm still quite bad. Still on the second. Still day, quite though. bad. Um, I'm God. the same as I was when we recorded the last episode about an hour ago. Um, I know that, Baz, but, but this is this is for the future. This is for the people in the future, Baz. People are going to be listening knows. to this in August. Nobody knows in what order any of these episodes are going out. Uh, so yes, I'm still in the second day of my illness. Um, it's uh, it's it's, it's got levels this show. It's got, uh, we've we've got levels to it. The the colds added a whole new level of jeopardy to what's going on. Um, and we've got a, a little guest tonight. Uh, Everton lifelong Everton supporter um, knows his stuff, Mister uh, Dave Haran. Hallelujah! How are you doing? Radiant. You radiant, Dave. Yeah. You look radiant. Um, if there is a prize, Dave, and I don't think Everton are going to win much this season, but your preparation has gone above and beyond. You've prepared more for this one show than Megan Baz have prepared for any show we've ever done. You sent me a little PowerPoint presentation thing with loads of stats on it. It's got. Have you opened it, Baz? I've just read it. I'm absolutely astonished. <laughs> it's a bit like you've... Um, I also saw his predicted league table and almost fell off my chair laughing. Oh, I haven't gone down that far yet. Oh, yeah, um, I can't get to that. No spoilers at this stage. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, I reckon. Did you get Andre Villas Boas to do this, Steve? Because this is the sort. <laughs> this is the level we're talking to you. It's, and not only that cool. is you've got some uh, little blue seats behind you on your uh, on your stream as well, which is a nice touch, Dave. So uh, good effort for that. Um, if you are listening to us for the first time, uh, possibly any Everton fans, um, the places to find us are anywhere you found us already. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. But yeah, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, just search for the Premier League Gambling Podcast. We are on Twitter at SGPN Premier. Uh, YouTube.com at Premier League Gambling Podcast. And what did I forget before, Baz? I think that's about it, isn't it? Did I? <laughs> was it maybe the YouTube? I forgot. Yeah, so go and find and like and sort of thumbs up, five stars, review, all of those things. Uh, what we're going to do tonight is have some Everton chat. Uh, we are then going to make some picks. Uh, Dave's going to tell us uh, what Everton can and can't do this season. We're going to make some betting picks. And talk a little bit of FPL uh, later on as well. So, uh, we're going to hopefully get Dave to do most of the talking on this. Guy, the reason we invited you on, Dave, was obviously we like you for a start, but we've generally been quite mean about Everton over the last year or so. Um, and I didn't feel like we could be mean to a complete stranger on the show. So, we got you on because we'll happily take the piss out of you. That's no problem. Like, 
But you you can now fight the corner of Evertonians everywhere, and you can tell us where they're going to have a, a surprise season. I need to, I haven't checked out this league table yet, so once Dave starts talking, uh, I will do. But yes, seventeenth place last year, thirty six points. Before we start, Mark, oh, I'm sorry, Baz. We should timestamp this episode because we are pre-recording all of these. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we keep forgetting. Yeah. So it is Tuesday, <laughs> the 25th of July. Um, so at this stage, you know, we are talking about every events up to the 25th of July. And if on the 26th of July, Everton sign Harry Kane, uh, we're not going to be talking about it, Malcolm, are we? Um, no, we're not going to be talking about it. So that hasn't um, happened yet, just for people who... Uh, but if it That is happen- a good point, though. I will continually forget to do that, Baz, so you will have to... This is the episode two. I remembered in episode one. Uh, episode two, I've forgotten. And in episode but, you know. one, we talked about the possibility that Brentford may have signed Mbappe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, I, uh, I can confirm at this stage, Everton have not signed Harry Kane either. Um, yeah, we are recording More to follow up. So when it does go out, that you know there may have been transfer business that's gone on in between, and we won't cover that. That is why. Good housekeeping, Baz. Yes, seventeenth place, thirty-six points for the Toppies. Stayed up with two wins in their last four games. Really, is what did it. The quite remarkable five-one win at Brighton, and then the horrible one-nil win. It took the Bournemouth late doors. Um, we'll start at the top. We'll go down the numbers. You might uh, fancy any of these to win the Premier League, five hundred to one. Top four finish is 100 to 1. Top six finish is 33 to 1. Top half finish is 92. Uh, and then we get into the other stuff. Bottom half finishes 1 to 8, minus 1250. To be relegated, I them down 11 to 4. That's drifted out to 3 to 1 in the last day or two. I don't know what would have prompted a drift there. Um, right. To finish bottom of the league, they are 12 to 1. And the handicap, we've been throwing out the handicap as well. I think they get a 47 point start. Um, on the handicap. The first thing I wanted to ask you, Dave, before we got into kind of what happened last season and what we're expecting, is like generally, how's it gone so wrong? Because four or five years ago, Everton were just perennially fine. They always had some good players. They always got some good results. There was some good stuff happening. There was they weren't living with the big boys, but then nobody was. But Everton were always fine, and then all of a sudden. It's really, really gone tits up. Like they've got no money. Uh, the quality of players, there's no, there's no excitement. You see, a, there's a real agitation around Goodison Park at the minute. So, how, what on earth led to it getting in this state to start with, Dave? I think it's just a series of poor decision making. So, at, at a kind of managerial level, and the hierarchy as well. So, I mean, you, you look at like just doing a little bit of research there, Mashiri. Since he took over in what February 2016, it's rumored, according to like the analysis, there 678 million pounds he's put towards Everton, which is just incredible, really. But I mean, over those last five years, I mean, what they're looking at a 430 million loss, which is just incredible. But if you look at that time period since he's been in charge, they've only got seven, what seven managers. And, you know, you just can't keep doing that carousel of giving a load of money to a manager and then just, you know, continually turning them over. But now it's come to kind of the fruition of like the FFP where they just can't afford to, you know, to to go for these big players. I mean, you look at like the tune there with Tenali, 
coming in, 55 million, Barnes, 38 million. There's just no way that Everton really can compete at that. So I think the next couple of years, they're kind of, they're just having to live with those irrational decisions they've made over the last couple of years. They just haven't got that money to go and just, you know, get those plays in of that calibre. They're, they're trying to be creative in the market. And I think that's the key thing. So one of the players they're trying to get in at the moment is that El Bilal Torre. Because clearly that we need a striker, which we, you know, to kind of complement DCL. But it looks like he's going to go off to Atalanta anyway. Because I don't think we can compete with like I think he's after thirty million for him. Um, he's only scored what seven I think in twenty-one games for Almeria. So yeah, so it's just come to a case where we're really struggling to get well one for players to kind of turn their eye and think yeah I'll sign for Everton because you look at the state of where we finished the last two seasons. So it, it's quite bleak I think all round. They've just got to stick. We've just got to stick with the players that they've got, um, and and I think we'll, we'll come on to it shortly. But I, another thing is you can see with the transfers in and out. So if you look at it as it is, you can see the kind of derision of the the initial transfer of like Ash, Ashley Young coming in, and I think like you know a thirty eight year old kind of seasoned campaigner. But if you take a step back. He's not. He's not a bad signing because he's flexible in terms of positions. He can play on the right, on the left um, of defence. He can play. He played against Wigan at the weekend. He played on the right hand side uh, of a front three. So I think he's going to cover Mikalenko. Um, clearly, he needs you know cover all over the pitch, really. But so yeah, I, I kind of I can understand that that kind of signing and then obviously the Dan Schumer second time round having a pitch is taken back in January before um, coming on board with Lampard and then thinking nah, I'll sign for Spurs buggering off um, it's uh, you know him coming in you, you can't really turn around and say oh we don't want him because we're, we're struggling to attract these players so yeah he's what wide he's kind of left wing um Scored what a couple of goals for Villarreal. Scored one in nine at Tottenham. Uh, it's hardly kind of banging down on the door, really. But you know, we're, we're gonna we'll have to give him a go. See what he's like. You think uh, Dan Juma will play on the left hand side of the attack? Then is that what you're expecting from him? I mean, it, yeah, you know what, Dice is kind of he is Mister Four Four Two, isn't he? Um, he'll want DCL to play up front. He'll probably want just somebody. You know, a couple of times he was pushing to Corey on just playing it like tonight, I think he's playing a 4-4-1-1. So I think it's kind of bolster that midfield, make, make it difficult to break down. Um, I can see him being used like sporadically to start with, kind of bed him in, coming on the last 20 how, how do you think you'll fit in alongside McNeil? McNeil was a bit of a, a one for the show towards the end of the season. We were, yeah. we were making some good money out of McNeil for his shots on target. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the season, they started playing him a bit further back, playing him almost as a wing back. I think, uh, and the opportunities went for him. Yeah, I, I think that was whether, whether Dan Juma will affect that, whether we could see McNeil moving back as a wing back a bit more. No, yeah, I, I think McNeil will play on that left hand side of midfield. I think it was purely down to injuries. I think we were really struggling for numbers. I think, like at one point in that last game, he was playing 
with Garner basically as like an auxiliary kind of right wing back. I think so. I would expect McNeil to still be probing on that left hand side. And you know what Dice is like? He just trusts. I think he just has his trust in people. So whether it's Tarkovsky, McNeil, uh, even bring him Keane back for a period. I think he just kind of went with who, you know, who he trusts. That seems to be his kind of modus operandi. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we'll get into sort of the facts and figures around last season and then moving into what we expect um, for the year coming up. Um, tell you about the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon page. We continue to wage war against corporate gambling here at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, there's loads of exclusive content contests and merch for our uh, Patreons, the monthly SGP Stories podcast, uh, which is an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from our decades of degenerative behaviour. It's uh, excellent stuff. The Discord channel, um, the football Discord channel, by the way, is top class. Get involved in that. Um, but yeah, the SGPN Patreon is a great way to score these perks and support our network as well. Uh, head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. So yeah, Everton last season, they sort of survived on six home wins and uh, nine away draws. That was their bread and butter. Just sort of looking at, at patterns, really, and angles. And they only won twice away from home. They finished 19th in goals scored. Defended okay, 13th in goals conceded. But the, the manager change really is the is the thing here, the, the fulcrum of the season. Sean Dyche came in. They got three 1-0 home wins. They beat Arsenal early on. They then beat Leeds and Brentford 1-0 at home. And that was it, apart from the 5-1 at Brighton and another 1-0 at home on the last day. Um, so this year, Dave, I didn't see any improvement under Deitch for me. Um, I think the league has moved on a little bit. You watch even, I know you can't put any store in friendlies, but we just watched the three games in America and you watch six teams who were playing football, playing out from the back. Even the teams that really Everton should be around Fulham and Brentford. Um and then you've got likes of Brighton and Chelsea doing the same thing. But I just think the league's moved on a little bit and I just didn't, I didn't see any improvement under Deitch. They got away with it a little bit. Um, we've used the term circle in the drain is what Everton have been doing, which we did say, Dave, was a really good name for an Everton podcast. So if there's any Everton fans listening, then we can borrow that. They can have that for £10, circle in the drain podcast. Um, but I don't see why anything is going to change this year, Dave. Uh, can you convince us otherwise? Probably not. But oh, <laughs> it's your no. job. You've got to come on. Give give these Evertonians some hope. <clears throat> to be fair, if you if you look at it in terms of, I mean, I was looking at the kind of win percentage there, and it's amazing. Really, you look at like of those seven last managers that we've had in, Ancelotti had a forty six percent win rate ratio, and then you look at what Frank Lampard the lowest out of those seven, 27.91. Dice is actually worse than Lampard in terms of like 27.78, but you're only going off, what, 18 games. I think you have to kind of take a step back and say, you know, it, 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 we were in nearly a probably civil war <laughs> when he was appointed Dice. His, you know, his job was to come in and just keep the club afloat and give us some time. And he did that. And I think, a couple of those games, I think what he did do was in some of those games, like beating Arsenal 1-0, is getting closer to those teams and, and putting in performances where we weren't getting like drubbed. Like you think of the Brighton 4-0 heavy defeat at Goodison. 
I mean, that was a real eye-opener. And, and I think that kind of set, you know, the kind of president to get rid of Lampard. And I think it, it was kind of, you know, a case of him losing the dressing room. I think Dice did, uh, he did galvanise the team. He got, he got something out of them. And I think you have to appreciate that, you know, you, you can't just look at the man. It's got to come from the players. I think that's the thing all the time. You can't just keep blaming, blaming the managers. It's got to come from the players. And and some of them just, just are not good enough to, to play in a blue shirt. You know, there's, there's some weak players at the club. And I was just laughing at like Roy Keane. And he, he was quick to fire into Everton. I think it was in the FA Cup. And he was just saying, you know, Everton demand better. And they've just got some really weak players. And I think, you know, you can think of five or six players who can get shut off. I think the spine of the team's good. And you think of that bright, you talked about that Brighton game. That's the positivity that you could kind of go to, that there's a performance in there. They've got to get it on a more consistent basis. And you think of who was playing up top that day was DCL. Clearly, a fit Calvert-Lewin is going to get us further up the table than somebody's going to play, say, one in four. So I think that's what... He's gone away to Germany, trying to get himself fit. He wasn't involved today. He wasn't involved at the weekend. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how he fares this season. If he can get fit for half the season, you know, I think we'll we'll certainly improve. We'll get out of it. That kind of circle in the drain, <laughs> you know, we'll be floating a little bit higher in the bath. Um, but it, but if we don't, do you know what I mean? If if we, but if he's not fit, then it's all about. Obviously, he's got Danjuma in. Is he going to get? He needs to get another striker now. Yeah. If he doesn't get this, El Bilal Torre, Ianacho, you know, he's got a. Well, I think he's got five and twenty-seven for Leicester last season. So he's hardly, you know, going to be top goal scorer. But he's got pace. You know, he's got that kind of ability to get to get goals, and and he's better than anything else that we've got at the moment. I think, in terms of striking options, you look at um, Cannon. He's went on loan there to Preston. He's probably going to go back on loan again, but that's all going to be dependent on who's going to come in. But he needs cover. He's got to get cover. So it's probably the next couple of weeks are really critical for Everton and how we're going to fare this season. It's probably as as Bart said. It's probably too early to to do the kind of predict prediction league, um, and I've gone for a kind of positive slant on that, which we'll look at shortly. But I think as it stands, there's probably it's difficult to kind of give a case that we're not going to be there and thereabouts. But I think if Calvert Lewin does stay fit, then you know. It, uh, that gives that gives us hope that we can play like that Brighton game and, and put in a good shift. Yeah, you said the squad does look awful. Um, but you've on your little graphic here, I'm just laughing at this, Dave. Sean Deitch's place of birth, Kettering. I mean, did we need to know that? Was that crucial, Tom? I see I mean, Brownie points have half a point by all means, but you know, next time you can leave off Sean Deitch's place of birth. Um I'm going to ask you, Baz, in the middle of February where Sean Dyche was born. If you don't answer Kettering, uh, you're thrown off the show. But the starting lineup looks all right if you put that out on a Saturday afternoon against Palace or Fulham or Brentford or someone. Like, like it's serviceable, but it is goals. Like, uh, Calvin Lewin needs to be fit. Neil Mopé never, ever scores. But, I mean, looking at that, Baz, like, if they rolled out on a Saturday afternoon and they were 
11 to 10 to beat Wolves, you kind of, you could see why they could get a result. It's not horrible. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's that big if around Calvert-Lewin, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. he just doesn't start enough games, does he? He can't get fit and... and... I don't see, I don't see him ever getting back to the the consistency he had several years ago. But it's a big if, isn't it? And I come to it a bit when we come to talk about the fantasy Premier League stuff and, and picks. It's um, it changes the slant, doesn't it, a bit? If they have got him fit and raring to go all season long, but that's a massive, massive question mark over that. Um, for me, as you say, you're looking at what they've done so far and, and there is time for it to change, but it just screams more of the same next season to me. Um, so, having said all of that then, we need to make some picks here. Um, I, I started, obviously, you've put a line through um, the majority of things that were going on at the top half of the league because I am um, out on Everton this year. There's a... a, there's a few teams I think will fare better I think Forest will go okay um, Palace Fulham and Wolves I've got all going okay I don't hate Burnley I don't hate Luton um, and the more teams I think will go okay it just put Everton uh, further and further in the shit unfortunately for you uh, Dave um, fortunately for you I'm nearly always wrong uh, so that gives you a great chance to get out um, so my main pick here I've got two. Um, and the first one is, <laughs> sorry, is having to get relegated. It's seven. Um, I saw it at seven to two. It moves into 11 to four. It's back up to three to one. Um, and I have got, I've started, occasionally if I like a pick like this, a season long pick, I'll start putting like bits and bobs on it. So I got like the free fiver off Sky bet on Monday. So I stuck that on. And I had a little winner on the golf on Sunday and it paid out like 43 quid. So I put the three quid on. So I'm up to, I've, I've chipped away and I'm up to about 30 or 40 quid now on Everton. Uh, so hopefully get that up to about 50 by the start of the season. Um, at, yeah, it's three to one now. And the other pick I liked was um, Everton to score the least goals in the Premier League. Uh, fewest goals is eight to one. Uh, it's a shout for Everton on that one. Um, Dave, well, we'll go with the shit sandwich here. I'll lead off with all the bad ones. Then uh, you can give us the good stuff before Barry brings us back down to earth again. But I am look, I've looked at your league table now. And Dave, you've you've come up trumps. You've you've <laughs> you've uh, given the, the Everton fans some hope here. Because Everton FC are sitting there nicely in tenth place, Dave. Uh so <laughs> stop laughing, Baz. <laughs> we'll revisit this next year and we'll say, I'll tell you what, that Dave around's a good judge. Is Everton a lane laying waste to the Premier League and finishing 10th. Uh, so, you looked around the same markets we did, Dave. What did you come up with? I came up with the handicap. I think 47 points handicap is Ooh. pretty sweet. Depending on, again, it all comes down to DCL, but also the kind of transfer strategy from now until the 2nd, until the 1st of September. If we can get if we can tr- get a creative player in, if we can get, obviously, clearly need a, another striker. If we can get someone in with decent calibre, you can get a, get us a couple of goals. I think, you know, if you're looking at, say, 47 points, it's kind of roughly around the 87 mark, which we, I think what City got last season. So, I mean... It, yeah, I've been put- sort of going around about 90, I think. Did, I think, did yeah. City finish on 92, maybe? 
So, yeah, if, if Everton can get to 45 uh, plus 47, gets up to 92, that's... Yeah. Um, that's, that's up there at sixteen to one, Dave. At the, uh, the the handicap yeah. market, they're all at fourteens or sixteen. So yeah, Everton plus forty seven is sixteen to one. I think yeah, uh, I think that's that's a kind of that's a hit and hope and a more sensible <laughs> punt in terms of kind of giving yourself a chance of being realistic. Because um, I think really we're just looking for, to be honest, a, a top half finish would be amazing considering where we are with the players that we've got. But I think realistically, yeah, if we can just, I think we're just going to have to hang in for the next two seasons with the new stadium, Bromley Moor, um, Everton changing from Goodison to Bromley Moor, what, 24, 25. You know, clearly there's a lot of money, you know, in terms of the bill to find from this sports capital and try and bolster up that. Um, it's going to be a tricky time. I just can't see us making big signings. It's going to have to be kind of players in. You look at some of the transfers already and that kind of tells you exactly where we are as a club. You look at Samuel Smith, who's 17, really promising in the academy, shipped him onto Chelsea for around about three million. Um, same as like Alice Sims was at Sunderland, backed up quite a few goals for Sunderland, did pretty well. Obviously, he's gone off to Coventry. So if you put those two players together, there's what around about 10 million straight in. But it, that feels like, you know, instead of kind of bedding those players in over the next couple of years and then giving them an opportunity, it tells you exactly where we are as a club at the moment, that we've got to ship these players out to bring that money in to then fund it for, you know, new signings, whether it be someone like Ian Acho. Um, that's exactly where we are. I think this is so, part of it, Dave, isn't it? You, you talked earlier about how they spent an absolute fortune over the years, but they spent it very badly, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And you look at the sell-on values of the, some of those players. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking players Oof. like, well, S- Sigurdsson was a bit of a bit of bad luck with that one. Obviously, you, you spend nearly 40-odd million on Sigurdsson and that went pear-shaped. But players like Tosson, um, Clarsen was, was one. That's Clarsen, one. Yeah. There was that period of time where... You look, spend look at tons of money on him, and you get nothing Good back for him. Yeah, he's you know twenty five million for him. Sent him a field. he's just had a, he's been on holiday, he for three years or whatever. So yeah, some appalling managerial decisions. I, and I think one of the one of the key things really for Everton, which is quite interesting, is around how the clubs run, and, and whether it's run from Merseyside or whether it's run from London, because Mashiri is making decisions at you know, from London. And that was kind of highlighted back in January when we were looking for a striker, we were looking for a right back. Um, and in the end, this bid comes in from Mashiri for £40 million for Conor Gallagher when we're just packed with centre midfielders. Now, you know, you look at like uh, the director of football, Thurwell, you know, his kind of decision-making and people are just shrugging shoulders to say, well, it hasn't come from us. And it had come from Mashiri, who was making the decisions in London. And it was just absolutely balmy, really, that you think, what is going on? You know, where's the communication? Where's the decision-making? It just shows that kind of panicky management and, and kind of, you know, just indecisive. No, it needs to be cohesive. They need to be thinking of, about these are the areas that we need to bolster. These are realistic. And it, it just doesn't seem to be aligned. So that's you one key that thing. Bid. That, that, you know, that's not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was January. It seems, yeah. like, it seems like that money's 
not there anymore, doesn't it? They, they, yeah, you know, they're certainly not in the in the market why, for the likes of Conor Gallagher this season. That's for sure. But why, why, do, why spend that when they got Garner and they got Garner Gay? They've got Anana. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a critical position to bolster it, and it just seems ridiculous, really. Um, you've put a uh, a little slide, David. Yeah, for a presentation of the new stadium, a little picture. In the new stadium, uh, looks nice. It's got 300 more seats than St James's. Um, going to be a big day, uh, starting next season, opening day, home to Rotherham. Um, in that one, that's something to look forward to. Um, Baz, did you pick any uh, any Everton picks here for us? Yeah, I mean, I I just thought there's nothing I've seen in the, in the closed season around Everton that makes me feel they're going to be in any less of a struggle. Stayed up by the skin of their teeth, certainly. Dave's done enough. I think you said there wasn't any side of improvement. I mean, they did pick up 21 points from 18 under Dyche, um, compared to just 15 in, in 20 under Lampard in the first part of the season. So, you know, he did get them more than a point a game, which was good enough in the end, as, as you say. You know, that really freak result against Brighton was what done it in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I think they're in trouble. I think three to one for me for them to be relegated is is tempting. Uh, I've got them going down in my predicted table. Uh, I'll not say who with because because we'll cover those on other shows. Uh, but I've got a little bit safe. I've looked at my table, uh, my prediction for the table, and looked at who I've got finishing sort of four or five places above them, uh, and then looked for a price for that team to finish above Everton. So it's not an Everton pick as much as it's uh, somebody to finish above Everton. Um, and the pick for me is Burnley, I think, will finish above Everton this year at around 5-6, to six, um, minus 120. Uh, as I say, I wouldn't talk anyone out of back in Everton be relegated. I think you'll get a run for your money. I think there will be in a, in a battle towards the end. Um, but yeah, I've got Burnley safe, Everton going down, and, um, and I think Burnley to finish above Everton. It's a the, the bit of a dice battle, isn't it? You know, battle of... Uh, <laughs> His old club versus his new club, um, so that that was a little another reason for for the pick was just that little angle on it. So yeah, Dice, Dice's old club to finish above uh, his current one. Okay, I like that, Baz. Um, we're gonna get some FPL insight in a moment, but um, you made a couple of other picks around the league, Dave. Beautifully presented on this uh, final slide. Um, so around the rest of the prem, uh, what did you fetch out for us while you were having a look around? couple of nuggets then I, I feel pretty strong with Villa actually in terms of kind of breaching that top four this season I think oh shit look, look at yeah look at his league table you've got Villa in fourth I didn't get that far up yeah Ooh. I, I think Old. yeah I think one of the things I always should we, should we quickly is, have a run through Dave's league, full league table I'm not revealing mine because it'll uh, spoil future shows but I think we could uh, throw Dave's full table out couldn't we Go on then. Well, well, the highlight, we've got Man City, Arsenal, Man United, Villa, top four. Liverpool and Newcastle follow them up. We've then got a glob in the middle. The highlights there are Everton in 10th, Tottenham down in 12th, um, and the bottom three are very bottom Luton Town, 19th place of Wolverhampton Wanderers, and 18th of Sheffield United. So, yeah, a couple of... Uh, Tottenham Tottenham stand out, and obviously, yeah, that Villa pick, Dave. So, yeah, uh, what were you saying? Yeah, just, just... Pretty sweet on Villa, I think. So I always tend to look at the second half of the season and how that's kind of panned out. If you look at Villa's record, the last 19 games, absolutely 
amazing, really, under Emery. Uh, I think they clocked up 43 points in that time. And I think they were third, possibly, in in that table. Definitely third or fourth, punching right near the top. So if they can sustain that form, um, you know, that there's evidence there to say that they can go well. They've strengthened the team. Diaby's come in. Um, really impressed with Watkins, I think, last season. I think he's got so much potential to, to go on and have a big season, I think. Um, yeah, I, I just think that they played uh, kind of just... Emery's he's quite a savvy gaffer. I quite like his his management style. Um, he's getting a tune out of them, and I think yeah they've got they've got big potential this season. So quite heavy with them. You look at Watkins if they're going to go well, then obviously you'd you'd look to him to score the goals. Thirty three to one. Um, Villa to break into that top four. I think it was around about eight to one. They were five to two to get into the top six. Um, so yeah, I, I think all round they look. They look strong. They look like they've improved. Obviously, with Newcastle, Liverpool, and Villa, I think the three, those three teams, that, you know, they haven't gone bananas in terms of the number of players, but the players that they brought in are real quality. You can take um, Ollie Watkins each way as well. Obviously, in that market, you should say thirty-three to one. I'm just looking at how many places each way plays three or four. Yeah, court, I think it was yeah. Yeah, four. Premier League top scorer. Uh, yeah, quarter of the odds first four places. Yeah, so you're getting um, eight to one and a little bit of change um, for Ollie Watkins to finish in the top four. Uh, and you've got another couple of uh, couple of others on there, Tom. Yeah, just a couple, couple of others. So, I mean, in terms of so relegation, I think the podcast tonight actually with Gillen Balagay talking to... Uh, I can't even say his name. Lockerty. Wolves Capital. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Paz, um, you got that wrong. Yeah. Not even close all <laughs> last season. If you've been practising, I've yeah. been practising it. Yeah. I well done, mate. Yeah, well, Lepetigu. Yeah, that was him. Lepetigu. Yeah, so, yeah, interesting <laughs> podcast there. Where re- really, he was, you know, he was pretty down and out in that. It's probably worth having a little search around. That was just I'd in the read last a few of the highlights in that, uh, yeah. on Twitter tonight. Actually, and that, and that would probably that. That, that would probably link in with Mal in terms of that price change and stuff, where they're thinking, "Hang on, Wolves have got no, you know, they've literally got no money." Um, so similarities between Everton and Wolves, there's probably a little bit of value in in one of them <laughs> dropping. I've, I, I think looking at elsewhere, there was there was a couple of like appealing ones in terms of assists that I was looking at. Um, and somebody who really has got potential who could have a fantastic season is Julio and Kiso of Brighton. Um, only had 20 appearances last season, four goals, two assists. Um, you'd expect him to be starting pretty well week in, week out. The goal that he scored against Manchester City was one of the best goals of the last season. I think he's got huge potential and he is 150 to, to one in terms of being getting the most assists this year, you can get that kind of a, a quarter of the odds. I'd definitely be thinking around about Fancy League, getting him in my Fancy League team. I think he's you know real entertainer. So that there's another selection for me. A couple of okay, balls. I like it. Like 150 to 1. Uh, fill your boots, Dave. We love anything like that. Um, okay, we'll get some uh, FPL uh, info uh, momentarily, let me tell you about underdog fantasy. The NFL season 
It's right around the corner. Uh, underdog Pickham is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props. Um, there's loads of other markets on there as well. Plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And make sure to win the best ball mania for uh, first place is $1 million. Head to underdogfantasy.com. Use a promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That is underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Okay, so FPL, uh, we're putting a listener league out there. Um, we have got a couple of rules. Um, one, you need to be in before the start of the season. And two, is that we are putting a moral obligation on you to go and um, like and rate and review and stuff. We can't enforce it. Uh, but we'll know, and you'll know if you haven't done it. Um, so wherever you're listening to this rubbish, uh, go and give us a like and stuff. Um There'd be some money up for grabs, 150 quid in cash and some merch gift cards for the SGP and merch store and the egg in a cup cup as well. Uh, the code for the league, um, you can only get it by listening to the show, is uh, C-V-V-Q-A-B. So that's, here we go, Baz. Uh, cat, Volvo, Volvo, quarantine, arse, badger. Um, we're trying to go with 20 different phonetics for the thing so uh, I'm alright with two I think when we get to number 18 I'm going to be struggling uh, so go across to the CVVQAB and enter uh, once you've entered um, Everton players the ones I've seen touted are well there's no ones there's one uh, and it's Jordan Pickford which I do not understand because I am low on Everton therefore I don't see any clean sheets particularly Um Obviously, we're not big fans of Pickford. We think he's funny. But that's pretty much all I've got. The other name I would throw out was Dwight McNeil, uh, just because of uh, it was more of a betting angle than a fantasy angle, though. And we've kind of talked ourselves off it anyway, um, with the possibility of him dropping a little bit deeper. But um, Baz, you're the you're the FPL guy more than me. So is there any Everton players you're going to be fishing for? Yeah, so yeah. Four, there was only four Everton players uh, hit... 100 points or more last season. That was Pickford, Tarkovsky, uh, Iwobi and McNeil. Pickford is, is is around 5 million, I think. Oh, no, he's actually, he's only a 4.5 million keeper. And that's why he, he'll be popular. They, they might not get clean sheets, but it's a save point. He's a busy keeper. Um, and you get those points for every three saves. There's an extra bonus point in there. And 4.5 million, I, I can see why people will be tempted. Um I'd put, yeah, there isn't much in this Everton team I would consider for FPL, but if pushed, I'd probably go with Pickford as a four and a half million keeper. Um, a favourite on this show was Dwight McNeil. He's five and a half million as a midfielder. And the problem is he's he's in good company in that. There's a lot of options in midfield. Um, for an extra half a million, you could have McAllister at Liverpool, um, Gibbs-White, um, Olise at Palace. Um, or for an extra million on Dwight McNeil's price, you could be looking in the range of Matoma, Eze, Bonds, and Buemo, um, and they're far more appealing than, than Dwight McNeil, I think. Um, I have put down, though, if, if Dominic Calvert Lewin ever stays fit for any length of time, there's definitely a situation where Dominic Calvert Lewin at six million for a striker in FPL, six million is cheap for a striker, 
if he was fit and if he was playing every week, I think a lot would see a lot of people with Dominic Calvert Lewin in his in the teams at that price because it would look tremendous value at that point. But again, as I said earlier, that's a big if. But I think I can confidently say um, my fifteen man squad will not have any Everton players in come day one. Well, don't speak too soon because uh, Dave Ferran. Point out, I've realised I've called Dave Tom about nine times, and if anyone else has picked up on it, it's not a case of me being ignorant, getting his name wrong. Um, he's had the nickname Tommy Johnson uh, for about thirty years because um, he looks like the uh, the old Aston Villa hitman, uh, the little wiry uh, ginger fox in the box. So I'm not getting his name wrong. Um, I do keep slipping into Tom, but yeah, um, where's the uh, Everton gem then, Dave? Well, Baz has already picked up on it there in terms of like the 100-pointers. I think Tarkovsky, what's interesting is, I think another, well, I'm kind of clutching at straws and positives here for Everton, but the start for Everton is incredible, really, in terms of, I think they're rated, they've got basically the weakest start in the in the Premier League. I think the, the teams that they play, they play all, all of the teams that have come up, um, to the Premier League so they've, they've got a really kind start it's really imperative imperative that they start really well otherwise you know we could be <laughs> in the mire but if they do start well then which they've got a good chance um, I would say looking at Decore I think obviously he was pushing him forward we were talking about it before about that 4 4 one he's going to keep it he's going to keep it tight I think he could get potential to get to be told to get forward, you know, a lot more support in the, the striker. Um, somebody who you wouldn't think of putting in, but I think he'll start a lot, is young, just because of his flexibility. Now, they might put him down as, you know, kind of as a defender, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing a, across the front three. So I think he will be used quite a lot. So he could be, you know, he could be quite... Yeah, Ashley Young is down as a yeah. four and a half million defender. So as yeah. you say, if he does start playing in midfield well, positions... Well, there you go. I mean, look at Saturday. There's, a, there's an example Saturday. I mean, it was only against Wigan. It was, in, it, you know, he's playing on the right-hand side of, you know, the front three, um, picks up a goal. You know, he, he could have a little bit of potential there. I think somebody that I'd expect more is Onana as well. I, I'm surprised that he hasn't played further forward. Um I'd like to see him play further forward. He is so tall and kind of wiry. I think he's got goals in him, but it'll. But again, it all depends on where he plays. Does he just play, you know, a kind of double six, or does he play him a little bit further forward, you know, an eight, or just get close in that four four one one? We shall see. But he, I'd be expecting more goals from corners from him. Certainly Tar- Tarkovsky as well. There's a good article um, about Tarkovsky and kind of pairing up with Pau Torres from Villa um, because both Villa and Everton have got a kind of kind start to the season in terms of fixtures. Um, so you could literally rotate and they'll be playing against um, teams who are ranked, you know, basically in the in the, in the lower region of the, of the league. Uh, I like that, Dave. A little, uh, a little double dip on, uh, on Torres and Tarkovsky. Um well, I think, kids, uh, that's it. Uh, that is Everton well and truly uh, handicapped for the season. Um, anything, Dave, you want to tell us about? Anything you want to add on before we can all go to bed? When we finish in the top six, I am prepared to run around the strawberry 
<laughs> Everton Speedos. Oh, the Everton Speedos. Yeah, we look forward to that. Uh, we live stream that on YouTube. Um, well, yeah, good luck, Dave. Um, I think you're going to need it. Um, like I say, we are, I know we have a, a, a bit of a love-hate relationship here with Everton. Um, but as I say, if you are new to the show, by all means join us. Everything we do is in jest. We talk a little bit of football. Uh, we might suggest that you put a fibre or a tenner on something, but there's nothing sinister going on here. Um, there's weekly pick shows. Uh, we cover the Prem every week. Um, Europe Champions League, um, AFL stuff, midweek picks and fantasy as well. Uh, so yeah, where you where you found us now is where you'll find us going forward as well. Um, I would tell you where to where to follow us, but just rewind it. Stop being so lazy. It's all there. Um, and enter the fantasy league as well. You might win some money. Uh, Baz, um, anything else? So we like to go to bed. No, that's all from me. Just want to say thanks to Dave for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, that's been a pleasure. That um, we that needs to the. The slideshow needs to go in the Hall of Fame, Baz. That's in the sports gam- the, the Premier League Gambling Podcast Hall of Fame uh, in with your egg in a cup and I can't remember what other trinkets we've got in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but the uh, Dave Ferrand's Andrea villas Boer slideshow is in there. He's got the job. We've given him the job and we'll have to sack him in three months when it turns out it was yeah. all bollocks. So there you yeah. go. We'll get him back um, next season which, as a regular. Get that, uh, that timestamp on. We'll get him the EFL Gambling, yeah. You yeah. can definitely host the EFL Gambling podcast next year, Dave. You've got the job. <laughs> um, right, cheers, everyone. Uh, go and find the rest of the uh, previews and look forward to our pre-season pick shows as well. Um, until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>